Amen. Amen. All the time. So yeah, so I'm going to share today on families, parenting, managers. So yeah, are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, before I start, I would like to say the Bible is full, especially the Old Testament, is full of accounts of really dysfunctional families, yeah? Um, so when I'm sharing this message, I don't want you, number one, to feel condemned. Uh, number two, just to look back at your life and think, oh my gosh, I wish I had done that when I was raising my, my children. Um, also, I don't want you to feel that, you know, I, have, I need to have the perfect family. Um, so like Olimidi said, this is the word of God. This is instructions and principles from the word of God. And certainly not teaching this from a place of perfection. We are all on this journey together. So it doesn't matter about your background, your, even your cultural background. When we come to the word of God, I believe it's kingdom culture, isn't it? Yes. Amen? Yes. So, okay, let's start with um, Isaiah 60. Amen. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon, upon you, and his glory appears over you. Praise God for God's glory, isn't it? Praise God for his glory. I mean, you can see from Isaiah here, he, he's prophesying on so many different levels here. And we live in a time and a season where there is real deep darkness, yeah, around us. And we are living in times of deep darkness. But be hopeful that today, months ahead, years ahead, God's moving in amazing ways, isn't he? His glory is appearing all over, all over the world. So, where there's deep darkness, there's great light. So more than ever, it's crucial that we are strong in the Lord and his ways and principles. In his grace, in his love, and we are really rooted in him. It's no time to be sitting on the fence, one foot in the world and one foot in church anymore. It really is time to be really sold out, sold out for God. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, we don't suffer or go through trials or get things wrong. But as long as our foundations are in Him, we are rooted and established in Him. So His desire for us is that we have healthy marriages, healthy and strong families, our children are strong in the Lord, they know who they are, they know their sons and daughters in God, that our grandchildren are strong in the Lord, that we're not looking to the left, we're not looking to the right, but we're beholding Jesus all the time. And I know for myself, this is a real daily practice that we have to cultivate on a on a daily basis, fixing our eyes on him. So when we look at parenting, grandparenting, aunties, uncles, etc., 
The purpose on parenting, mainly the main call of parenting, is to impress the hearts of our children with the love of God. To teach our children in the ways of the Lord. To pray with them, to pray over them, to share truth, to share stories, to share testimonies of the goodness of God. Even in good times, even in bad times, the way that God has brought us through really difficult times. That's our responsibility, to share these amazing stories and testimonies with our children. It doesn't matter how young or how old they are. Share these testimonies with the children. Do you know what? We have a really limited time frame. For those of us who have children, it's a really limited time frame, isn't it? Because yeah. they are home, and then by the time you know it, they want to get a car, they need to sit a driving test, they're thinking of college, they're thinking of university, apprenticeship, and when they hit 18, in most cases in the UK, then they're away, and they're, they're flying the nest. So, let's treasure this time that we have with our children, because it goes so, so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember a time when Hannah was Tootsie, and obviously she'd been brought up in this church, I remember a time in Stonewall, she was running up and down the aisle, and in the toy box, and look at her now, you know, in the summer, she's, she's got to go to high school, and just time flies by, doesn't it? You know? So make the most of this time that you have with your children. Take opportunity of this time that you have with them because it's really, really precious, precious time. And this time, during this time, they're really impressionable, aren't they? Especially from the ages of naught to, I would say, about seven or eight. They're really impressionable. They eat out of your hands, especially when they're naught to three. You know, they listen to every word you have to say. But as they grow up, 9, 10, 11, oh, you're not laughing. You can see they're wanting to find their own way. They're pushing boundaries. They want to discover who they are little by little by little. And I think as parents, it's good to give them little, little bits of freedom. It says in um, Psalm 145, Verse 3. This is a really beautiful psalm. It speaks about carrying truth, truth of the gospel, truth of God, to the next generation. Now, God, isn't he? He's a generational, he's a generational God, isn't he? You know, he's not just only interested in my generation, but my kids' generation, their kids' generation. So I'm just going to read you Psalm 145. I'll start with verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your good deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. One generation shall praise your works to another. 
You see, it's in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, it's the goodness, isn't it? It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Sharing with our children and our grandchildren that he's good, that he's faithful, that he's a healer, that he's a redeemer. Yes, he's a restorer. Yes, we go through trials, but hey, look, he works everything together for the good of those who love him. The NLT says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, how tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So, I think we're all on the same page here. Our vision here as a church and as a community, I know, is to raise children, teenagers, here to really follow Jesus, to surrender their lives and to be uh, fully committed to him. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here you can see Moses here is talking to Israel. He is calling them into a higher calling, isn't he? And I feel there is a call that's going in today in this season. Come deeper with me and come as a family deeper with me. So often I think, you know, we have our own relationship with God as parents and then our children do their own thing. But I feel, you know, I don't know, I think, I think God's calling us into a deeper relationship as a family unit, if that makes sense. Where you get your devotional time on your own with the Lord, but even calling you as a family to that space where you can seek God together. I mean, the Jewish culture does it so well, don't they? You know, they sit around the table, they share stories, they eat, they, you know, celebrate all these festivals, but they do it as a community, they do it as a family. And I know in the Western world we're quite fragmented maybe in the way we think with regards to things. But I believe, you know, God's saying to us today, let's go deeper as a family unit. Whatever your family looks like, it doesn't need to be perfect, but as a family unit, let's go deeper, let's go deeper. And maybe Holy Spirit is saying to you now, what can I put in place in my um, family schedule or family routine to create space so as a family unit, we can go deeper with him? The prophetic word before Christmas was, and still is, as a time of inner healing for us as a church. 
marriages especially. Um, and we're still in that, aren't we? We're still there. God's still healing us, healing marriages, but I do believe he's also healing families and the relationship between parents and, and children. Um, children need in healing as well. Because often, when we have conflict within the family home, children really um, suffer the brunt of it. Um, and praise God for repentance and forgiveness and grace and all these things, you know, when we truly repent, he's so faithful, isn't he? He's so faithful. Um, but yeah, so even during these times as, as, as a family, you know, we can, we can seek that time of inner healing and we can minister to our children in that area, even maybe at times asking for forgiveness. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you've seen that, I'm sorry that you witnessed all these things. Having those strip back moments when we're kind of really vulnerable with, with, our, with our children, because it needs to happen, you know, because it is a call into that place of deepness, deepness with, with the Lord. So, Moses here is obviously talking to Israel. So there's two stages in this passage, okay? So number one, we are to, this is the first thing, we are to love the Lord our God with all our soul and with all our strength. Those things, those commandments need to be on our hearts. It starts with us as parents, doesn't it? It starts with us. And thank God, that's all I can say is, thank God we have, we, we're not perfect by far, but thank God we have the Holy Spirit today to help us and to minister to us and to help us to be good role models, to be good parents, to be godly parents, to be godly grandparents, etc., aunties, uncles, and all the rest of it. The Holy Spirit also gives belief believers enlightenment, conviction, and obviously, you know, it's a whole process, isn't it? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, the Holy Spirit empowers our inner being. It gives us that power to do things well for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit empowers our inner being. So it starts off with us. And then, when we're walking and moving in that, then we can impress, second, the second stage is that you can impress these things on your children. It mentions you clearly, you know, when you're weak, when you're, you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you, when you get up. Every opportunity. Obviously we have jobs and we work, um, so often, if you have the privilege of taking your kids to school in the morning, that's always practical tip. It's good to maybe spend a bit of um, time maybe just praying, praying with them in the car, having a chat with them, what's going on, right, okay, blah, blah, she said this, I said that, right, okay, right, okay, let's pray. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? Mm -hmm. 
And so often kids are reluctant, they lean back and their legs are in the air. Do you know what I mean? It's just kids are kids. But we can work with these things, can't we? Little given opportunities, or even like in a church setting, when you, you know, when you see somebody, a child down or a teenager, not looking a bit off, you've got that relationship of, hey, you know, you can come, come alongside of them. Not everyone has a privilege of having an earthly grandparent. Not everybody has the privilege of having a really good earthly father. But some of us here are called to be spiritual fathers. Amen? Amen. And spiritual grandparents, spiritual aunties and uncles. We can all play. We can all play a part in this. We can all sharpen each other. Car journeys are great. On the way to school, encouraging them to read their Bibles. Yeah. So, this is always a. Yeah, this is always a challenging, a challenge to get. And let's be honest, it's a challenge to get kids to read the Bible. And let's be honest, it's a challenge for us sometimes to read our Bibles. Yeah. So it's not only the children; it's us as well. Um. So we need to be honest. You know. You can't teach the kids something you don't really have yourself. So, but yet we go back to this. We ask the Holy Spirit, please help us. You know, give us that desire. We can't do it without you, God. Um, but teaching children to read the Bible is very, very challenging. So I've done kids in, well, kids work for a wee bit now. And um, even, you know, starting to do youth work, you can see this is a real challenge to get kids to read the Bible. Um, it was funny because we were at um, a worship event last Friday, I think it was last Friday, Magnitude through in, in Edinburgh and I had, I had, we had eight kids with us and they were doing a little, we always have worship at the beginning of this event, then we have teaching and the teaching was on how, why it's important to read the Bible. <laughs> okay, so we're listening to this teaching, this is great. And then it's time for, usually happens, discussion time. And you sit in your little group. That's kind of the framework of the meeting you sit in. And it's weird. Myself and Stephen, the worker from here, were sitting there. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I know these kids don't read the And I started off with saying, right, how many of you have a Bible? I would say five out of the eight don't have a Bible. And the majority of those are from Christian households. They don't have, and this is not me, it's not judging or criticizing or nothing of the sort. They don't have their person a personal Bible. And these are good great kids from great backgrounds, great parents, and all the rest of it. I said, okay, that's okay. We'll get you Bibles. Let's start somewhere. We need to start somewhere. If they don't read the Bible, that's okay. Let's start somewhere. Yeah. Let's get you some Bibles then. Shall we do that? Yes. Okay. We need to start somewhere. Okay? And that's fine. That's fine. And it doesn't matter where your children are. Today, let's start somewhere. If they haven't got a Bible, right. Let's get them a Bible. Let's get them a Bible. I've got 
see in my hand here, um, this, I've got about 40 of them in the back actually, and it's something the wonderful Doreen gave me at the ladies' meeting. Uh, so this is a daily bread devotional for kids. This is really geared towards primary school children really, but really you can, you can do it with your, even your toddlers, you can adapt it. Um, it's a 30 day devotional, it's free, and at the back of it, if you think this is really going to work for you and your family, at the back of it, you can come to me and um, there's a 365 day devotional, family devotional as well. So if you, as a family, you've got a rhythm of reading the Bible or having devotions in the house, that's cool and that's fine. But for us, the rest of us who've got really busy lives, mum and dad are working, clubs after school, dinner, all the rest of it, you know what it's like, the reality of life. It can be quite a challenge sometimes to carve that space in to have a bit of devotional time with your children, okay? Now, day one, one sheet. Started to do this with her because this is something we struggled with. One page doesn't take more than literally five minutes. Honestly, five minutes. Um, really simple, pretty pictures, a prayer at the end, a fun fact, a verse, and then a Bible verse as well. <coughs> 30 days. So, I was thinking if you're all up for it, the mic's gone.
believe in the healing will come that way as well. Amen. Amen? Right, okay. So, let's do that. Okay. At the end as well, um, I feel also, I'll be asking our pastors, Melvin and Lolita, just to activate us in this process of really getting our families strong, you know, giving them a wisdom of how to go about, you know, practically. So at the end, I'm going to ask them just to pray that blessing and that impartation that will be activated, you know, to go deeper as families. Um, we'll do that at the end because... Yeah, we want to shift things, don't we? We want our families to be strong, our children to be strong. Because I'll tell you one thing, it's hard going for them in these secondary schools. It's hard going. So everything starts in the home, doesn't it? Let me, let me just share a, a really um, quick story, account um, with you. Some of you might have heard of Mary. Mary, Mary George, as you can tell from the name, Mary was a young Welsh girl. But Mary Jones was from a poor family, okay? <clears throat> now this is going back uh, hundreds and hundreds of years, I think it's 70 something or other. She was the daughter of a weaver. She lived in North Wales. Shall we hang out the pennant a Bergen that's not what this is just <laughs> <laughs> Right, She was born in December 1784. Her parents were devout Calvinistic Methodists. And she herself professed the Christian faith at eight years of age. Right? Having learned to read in the circulating schools organised by Thomas Charles, it became her burning desire to possess a Bible of her own. The nearest copy of the Bible, can you imagine this, was at a, a farmhouse just down the lane from where she lived in a little cottage. The, and there were no copy on sale near, nearer than her. She couldn't go to the local Christian bookshop or hop online to eden.co.uk and order a Bible. It wasn't like that back in those days. So the nearest town was sold a Bible was in Bala. That was 26 miles away. That was 42 kilometers. And you can read up about Mary on the um, internet. And it was not certain that the copy could be obtained there. So Welsh Bibles at that time was very scarce in those days. Do you know what Mary did? She saved for six years until she had enough money to pay for a copy of the Bible. So she started one morning in the spring of 1800 for Bala, which is a well-known town in North Wales. And according to the account, says she walked. You know they used to walk and walk in those days, didn't they? You know, walked for 26 miles on mountain today, barefoot as usual, to obtain a copy from this man called Thomas Charles. The only individual with Bibles for sale in that area. According to one version of the story, Charles told her that all the copies which she had received were sold or already spoken for. 
Lily was so distraught that Charles spared her one of the copies which was already promised to another person. According to tradition, it was the impression, it was this impression and this incident that this visit by Mary Jones left upon Thomas Charles that impelled Charles to propose to the Council of the Religious Tract Society the formation of a society to supply Wales with Bibles. Oh, may we appreciate and have a hunger for the Word of God. God, Holy Spirit, give us that, that hunger for your word again. So, this isn't just about discipleship, but also helping kids, grandkids, to grow and mature and become independent eventually. Letting space for them to ask questions and to equip them to seek God. For themselves. Prayer, another thing, is prayer, praying. Praying. I know many shana she has house groups very before prayer. Prayer. Um, I went to a, a youth and kids leaders conference two weeks ago and the whole thing really was on prayer. Prayer is needed now more than ever how to equip our kids and our youngsters to, to pray and to seek God. And in that conference there was like a stirring in hearts of, of the speakers especially to invest in children in this area, praying with them, even if it's just one-liners like, thank you God for the food, let's start somewhere. Getting them baptised in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. There's no other way to build warriors and to build their spiritual capacity. Making it a practice. Maybe, I don't know, maybe your children don't pray at all. Maybe you don't pray as if I used to start somewhere. And maybe you might be sitting here today and think, well, I haven't even got a child. How does this relate to me yet? It's good to start to think about these things, isn't it? Because one day you might have children of your own. So it's good to listen and to start to think. Parents with babies. I was listening to this guy um, sharing on the uh, on the internet and he was saying about praying with your babies. He was saying this, when it was time for his baby to be bottle-fed in the middle of the night, you know, the husband and wife taking turns, instead of complaining, oh, I'm awake, it's my turn to feed the uh, baby with a bottle, this guy, he's such a role model, eh? he used this time to play with his baby. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. To play over the baby. He said you have to seize every given opportunity rather than mourn and groan. Everything starts in the home. A child does what is important with the family schedule as well as other things. As we know, every kind of training requires hard work. It says, doesn't it, each 
train a child um, in these ways and it will not depart from them as they grow older. Any form of training requires hard work, you know? We all get distracted at times. It is a discipline. It's like going to the gym, isn't it? For those of us who do go to the gym. Um, you know, but we can ask for wisdom and every child is really different. And we might not even be in a great place ourselves. But today is a new day, isn't it, right? New beginning today, new day. No matter what our family looks like, today is an invitation by the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you right now, I believe, you know, with regards to certain areas, maybe that needs a bit of tweaking in your family time, okay? We are watching maybe a bit too much time than I. Maybe we could stop something in there. Or maybe, you know, you need a whole new revamp in your family. I don't know what it is. Instructing and teaching your child and grandchildren is going to take time. Being patient as parents. Don't try and be their buddy or their best friend. They've got enough of those at school. They need a parent. <laughs> they need parents. They need love and acceptance and parents. They need boundaries. They really do need boundaries. This is something we've seen in the youth work. Uh, she kind of can testify to this. When we, you know, when we got the two youth groups together and the meetings were running every Friday. <laughs> My goodness, if I'm honest, it was a bit, uh, I don't know if I'll use the word chaotic, but it was challenging to say the least because there were no rules really. We were all finding out feet, no boundaries in place, the phones were out, there was chatting, there was this and that. But as we started to implement rules, so we were surely, and being actually fairly tight in street camp with them, and putting consequences in place, no harsh consequences, gentle consequences. We actually earn their respect. And that youth youth meeting now is starting to look a lot different than what it did in the early days, you know? So, yeah, I can testify to that from our experience with doing that youth work, having certain things in place, boundaries, rules, they actually uh, make kids feel, feel safe, love and grace and uh, yeah, and all those good things. So Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opportunity, opponent, sorry, in court. Children are a gift. Children, grandchildren are precious. Like I said, you might not have earthly children, but you have spiritual children. You might be spiritual grandparents. Another we know, I'm just going to slide in, is with grandparents, place grandparents at the place of honour in the family. It says in one of the books I was reading, ask if you have the privilege of having like Christian grandparents and what a privilege that is by the way having Christian godly grandparents that is just such a privilege it really is don't ever take that lightly put these grandparents in a place of honour in the family ask believing grandparents to pray over the children to even read Bible stories if you need to babysit bring a Bible story 
in. Ask them to share their wisdom with the younger generation. Maybe we, you don't have the privilege of having grandchildren in this country. Maybe they're overseas. And that's always trickier, isn't it, to navigate. Maybe you don't have the living grandparents, but seek out someone to be a spiritual granddad to that child. Ask, you know, and ask. Amen. So as we know, the attack that the enemy has launched of the family is strategic, isn't it? There's reason for attacking the family in such a strong way is that the family, the family, the purpose of a family has been designed by God to be the best picture we have of God's relationship with man, isn't it? And the enemy and all of these schemes and ways are trying to split families, distort image, distort identity. Um, if the enemy can distort our view of the family, he has in essence distorted our view of God and his kingdom. And that's why I feel that it's a call today to really step it up in the, in, in the spirit and to really go deeper as a church family as obviously we have our own families as well, just to prioritise the things of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Okay, I think I'll draw this to a close. I've got other bits and pieces, but I think we're all good. I will finish with this verse, and this is for mainly children and teenagers, children, children and kids, but parents. Ephesians 6, verse 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour, honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you. And you may live long on earth. That's a principle there. A principle. And your fathers, this is another instruction to the fathers now. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I think now this is what we'll do. I 